0: Bring on the Fitz magic. Oh, yeah. Forget tanking. The Dolphins are going 10-6. Or or maybe not. Well, man, so, Clay Furrow, Dukie Lang, get it started in Miami Sports Pod. And, guys, uh, we have our answer. We spent time on the pod in the last week or so. Last couple of pods, we've been discussing the Dolphins offseason, free agency, what the Dolphins may do. I think, guys, it's pretty clear after one week of free agency in the NFL that the Dolphins are in strong tank position and that is the plan. Clay, the quarterback, is Ryan Fitzpatrick. You say what?
1: I, I say tankalicious. Tankalicious, baby. And, and this is, uh, if you look at Ryan Fitzpatrick's best games, you're going to look at him and say, wow, man, this is kind of scary. I, 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 What is this guy going to do here? He's going to come in. We're going to mess up the tank and win five. Let me tell you something about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He makes Ryan Tannehill look remarkably consistent. And and the thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick as well, look back at last season. This was a five and eleven Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that had He won
0: two of those games.
1: He had a better defense than the Miami Dolphins. He had a better offensive line. And I don't think pro football focus is the be-all and end-all, but I think it can give you a pretty good gauge. The Buccaneers had four wide receivers that were better than any Dolphins receiver by their metrics. And a much, much better tight end than anybody the Dolphins have. By the way, Mike have.
0: Evans is a top 10 NFL receiver.
1: Yes, and and the thing about the Dolphins is, yeah, Kenny Stills was, was ranked in the middle. Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson would have been a little higher, except they were injured. But even if they come back 100%, it's nowhere near the supporting cast that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. So the first thing I'm trying to say off the top is, Relax. the 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 outcry from Dolphins fans is well. What happened? We're going to go like Luke Falk, Jake Rudock, and and we're going to we're going to be t- b- two and fourteen. You can still be two and fourteen. Oh, and this roster is so bad.
0: And what I don't understand too is how do you differentiate to me from Tyrod Taylor, Teddy Bridgewater, Blake Bortles, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick? They're all the same guy. You know what they are, Dookie? They are the bottom tier of NFL quarterbacks, of starting quarterbacks. Now, in Teddy's case, it's a little different because he's coming off injury. He hasn't played in three or four years of consistent football. So if you sign him, a team like the Saints are thinking, well, maybe he eventually can start turning things around and be okay. The other guy's obviously not the case. But when you look at those guys, again, the Dolphins, we all came in with this idea that they're going to tank, right? Right. In free agency, they have proven that by not spending big money, by being very careful with what they sign, and more importantly, who they get rid of, the big dollars on this contract trying to move guys. But more than anything, too, Dookie, when you look at from a quarterback perspective, you look at the NFL starting quarterbacks, they got a bottom tier guy. And if you're tanking, you want a bottom tier guy.
2: It's funny. What I'm looking forward to, and we haven't heard yet, is going to be the spin that the Dolphins put on this Um, my tank preference and not because I think he's significantly better than Ryan Fitzpatrick I think you're right we're talking about bad quarterbacks here I kind of liked the idea of Blake Bortles just because I would enjoy the idea of the Dolphins trying to stand up and tell us what a good quarterback Blake Bortles is and how he's been to the AFC championship game and and sort of listen to that whole spiel but now we get to hear what they say about Ryan Fitzpatrick Um, You know, the first thing people talk about when they talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick, besides the beard and some of the funny things he's done, is he's a Harvard guy. But I've thought many times over the years watching him play. For a guy who went to Harvard, he sure makes some dumb decisions on yes, the football
0: field. Yeah. So, so so Harvard spoken,
1: IQ and football IQ are two different things. Yeah, <laughs> spoken like a true Duke grad. I'm, I, well, you're a Duke I,
0: alum and do stupid things in the Peruvian booth. so it's, it's a perfect that's, example. That's a fair
2: point. A fair, a fair point. I'm talking about a school with the number one overall seed March Madness. Uh, here but we now, Here we're going
0: to make cut you off. Our sponsor today, at Vera Motors, when, <laughs> when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you, there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. They're kind of like New Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida. The best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick GMC, Vera Cadillac, Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. I mean, the bottom line is this, guys. I think, I, I, you know, you know how they, the the sites, all the websites do uh, grading skills, right? Like, hey, free agency winners, losers, A, B. To me, the Dolphins have an A plus, 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 plus in free agency and off-season work so far. They have shedded contracts. They've put themselves in a position to have good salary cap space in about a year or so. They've put themselves in a position to be about as bad a football team as they can be, and they've done it under the scope of saying, we're kind of trying. You know, no fan is going to fall for it that they're trying to win by signing of Ryan Fitzpatrick, but they are, I think, at least trying to put a team that's got some veterans and some players that you've heard of and go out there and just lose 13, 14 games.
1: Let's look at the three quarterbacks that that they spoke to, Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor, and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, and what do they all have in common? It, you mentioned it as far as they're not going to be elite quarterbacks this season. And and you know, I have my personal thoughts on Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's going to be really good in New Orleans long term. That's for a different podcast. But for this season, they're, they're not the types of quarterbacks that can – raise a a bad roster and make you even average Mm -hmm. i I think the dolphins have the worst or second worst roster right now in the nfl i think it's the dolphins and the arizona cardinals and i don't think anybody else is particularly close Well,
0: look at the cardinals they're probably going to get Kyler murray so they're going to have that that jolt of 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 kind of the energy the giants look like they're going to be a bad football team you know, the the Bengals are a team that's really messed up right now. I'm trying to fix. So you're looking at the Dolphins on paper, one of the first, the first, or the worst, I should say, five teams in the NFL. What more can you ask for as a fan when you're trying to tank?
1: So these three quarterbacks, what do they do? They come in, they will not raise the roster to a point where you jeopardize the tank. You jeopardize a chance to get one of those big quarterbacks next year. And, and man, it's a badly kept secret right now that it's going to be Tua. But I think, number two, all three of those guys are, are also known around the league as true pros and guys that are going to come in and kind of carry that culture in the locker room. I think it's a reason why those I'm three quarterbacks. i glad you said
0: that. Break. I'm glad you said that. Here's why. I had a conversation today with someone, today being Sunday, when we taped this with someone who's a, a former player, former football player, and he said to me, look, you know why you have to get a Ryan Fitzpatrick and you, instead of uh, Luke Falk and these guys that we talk about? Aside from the fact that, you know, you got to get at least a, play, a quarterback that's decent, that belongs. I mean, it's one of the most important jobs in pro sports starting a quarterback in an NFL team. There's only so many of them, 32 spots. I mean, you got to give them a shot, right? What he told me was, if I'm a player when I was a player, if I'm out there busting my tail and I'm I'm popping, you know, pain meds and I'm getting stuff iced and moving around weekend and we had training and every day in the heat of practice and all that stuff – and you're, you're going to tell me that Luke Falk is my off-season quarterback to start the season, Jake Rudock? that's what you're te- – you think I'm going to bust my tail and give you 100% every day for that? Hell no. Yep. Now, you bring in a Ryan Pat, Fitzpatrick. Yes, I know he's not the answer long-term, but I know I'm going to get a professional who's going to come in today, understands film study, understands preparation, understands the week, what it means to be an NFL quarterback, how to handle yourself with class in the locker room. That's – that's stuff I'll play hard for
1: and and I think this is kind of what's lost when you're talking about tanking right because you only focus on the one player that you're trying to bring in and and look the quarterback is the most important position on the field but uh, let's be honest even when you bring in that quarterback how much of the roster do you really turn over from one year to the next you're still going to have to keep a lot of guys in that locker room the guys that are going to have to be there through this 2 and 14 season 3 and 13 season whatever it happens so there need to to be a, a level of credibility especially yes. with the new coaching staff in there which gets back to what you're saying so these guys that that do remain when the new quarterback comes in in 2020 it, they don't have such a, a a bad taste in their mouths from this new coaching staff putting them out there with no chance to win going out there getting hurt you want them to you're instilling the culture this season in 2019 2020 you're hoping that the talent level rises but the people that are left over you want them to have a good feeling about where this mm-hmm. program is heading
0: by the way there's also a chance they draft a quarterback they could absolutely in the first round sure you don't know if they love drew lock sure if drew lock is that guy at 13 that happens to be there he slips or they trade up in the top 10 and grab him or Dwayne Haskins slips to the 8 or 9 range and they jump in there and get a Dwayne Haskins. Ryan Fitzpatrick's a good guy to have a young quarterback under. And then midway through the season, if you want to go to that young quarterback, you turn to him. There's, there's no doubt I think they're tanking and, and focus with Tua, but that doesn't mean they don't fall in love with the quarterback in this draft mm-hmm. and say, hey, we have an opportunity to address the position now. Because here's the thing, you can't have too many assets, and having a young quarterback is certainly an asset. And for a lot, look what's happened with the Cardinals. You know, they had Josh Rosen last year. They could go Kyler Murray. They can move Josh Rosen. The point being, this doesn't mean that Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting 16 games for this year. It just means that they're going into the season with a proven quarterback who at least you could say to your players with a straight face, hey, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's a warm
2: body. Allow me to do something that defensive players have done for the last seven years and take a few shots at Ryan Tannehill.
1: <laughs> because... Well, and, and his ex-teammates, too, this past week on, because on social media. Because, Will, what you talked about in terms of
2: what players go through to play every Sunday and having the respect of the locker room. Look, Dolph fans, people who have followed the Dolphins, media members who follow the Dolphins, heading into a season every year for the last seven years, looking, all right, the Patriots have Tom Brady, the Dolphins have Ryan Tannehill. Doesn't matter what else happens on the roster, it kind of placed a ceiling on what the Dolphins could do. And I think that everybody sort of knew that he was okay. Mm -hmm. And that's it. He was okay. He was serviceable. He's going to go to Tennessee now. He's going to be Marcus Mariota's backup. Mariota gets hurt a lot. If you, God forbid, need to play him for a game or two, Tannehill's fine. He's okay. But when Tannehill came in, and I want to take us back because he just left, and I feel like as much as we want to talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick – Ryan Tannehill leaving is a big deal. This guy has been the Dolphins starting quarterback since twenty twelve. And he was the first starting quarterback that the Dolphins drafted in the first round since Dan Marino. He was the hope. People didn't think he was going to be okay. People were super excited about Ryan Nobody, Tannehill. No
0: one thought when he got drafted he might be solid. People right.
1: People people thought the the feeling around town was, wow. Well Stephen Ross stood up there and said, We're going to retire this number someday. Yeah. And 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 they very well might the mediocre hall of fame. But, well, I, but, I, well, my, my
2: joke was going to be what is 2 going to wear number seven Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but well 13's taken, right? But um I, I just think that Ryan Tannehill came in and there was just this really good feeling about what he could be. But at least to me, to you, we've had discussions. It's been pretty clear for years that Ryan Tannehill is what he is, which is okay. Average, middle of the pack. Not good enough is is another way to say it. And more important than the, the Band-Aid that the Dolphins put over the wound until they can get Tua or whoever else they want from or whoever they want down the line is the fact that the Dolphins are, have finally officially said, we know that Ryan Tannehill is not up to the standard of what the Miami Dolphins are going to need to either surpass Brady and the Patriots or for when Brady's done because if you look around the division everybody else did it earlier and the first step to fixing a problem is admitting that you have one and I think the infuriating problem watching the Dolphins whether you cheer for them or not is every Sunday I'm subjected to a mediocre quarterback and, and I know it, and, and, and I it, and I've see seen it, it. Right. I've seen it for right. 6 years right. and so you talk about a player, you know, Cam Wake, I remember, you know, Cam Wake left. He's incidentally going to Tennessee. I'm sure he'll be thrilled to see Ryan Tannehill. But the the one play I remember from Cam Wake is when they were playing the Patriots and he popped his Achilles rushing the quarterback and he kept going. He kept going after the quarterback. Like these players are putting their lives and their bodies on the line and like they know Ryan. They see Ryan at practice. They look, They know his stats. They know he's he's what they call you know just another guy. He is. That's it. Well, he's the, just another guy. The
0: thing to your point though is that Ryan Tannehill is easy to be the scapegoat. Yeah. You know, you make all the money he made. You're a top-ten pick. You don't develop into the star you're expected to be. But here's the thing. Ryan Tannehill isn't at fault for two things. Number one is the Dolphins never built around them. Because the one thing we learned about Ryan Tannehill right away is that he didn't have that quality to make certain players better. Mm -hmm. What makes an Aaron Rodgers so great? Aaron Rodgers is great because of athletic ability, but his ability as well to take wide receivers you've never heard of and have 1,000-yard seasons and make big plays. The Packers have done that for years. You know they've had some good receivers, but then they'll have guys like wait who what? And he's, they're having nine catch 120 yard games because Aaron Rodgers is that good. Tannehill could never make people better around them, and the Dolphins never recognized that. But more than anything, the Dolphins' biggest failure is they never bought legitimate competition for him. Yeah. Every year as the draft approach, what do we say? Hey man, the Dolphins better start looking at a quarterback. They better start bringing in somebody that maybe for the future to develop, maybe as a replacement for Tannehill or a competition for Tannehill. They never did. They took care of Ryan Tannehill like if Ryan Tannehill was Dan Marino. There, there and is I never no,
1: understood it. it. There has never been a more polarizing average player ever. Uh, how can somebody who is the definition of average people either love or hate and and either defend to the hilt or call terrible? And and he's he's neither. He he is average. He is mediocre. And the thing that I I found interesting about the social media shots on Twitter and uh, what was said I think it was Olivier Vernon said uh, uh, spoke about Hill always getting a pass and what I wonder is did he mean getting a pass from the media or hearing you talk about it right now from coaches and you know I, I got here in 2014 and I, I said the same thing you guys have said from from the very beginning that it, it was very obvious that he was an average quarterback when I showed up here, and, and he wasn't going to be much better than that, and he was never going to be much worse than that. What I wonder is some of the frustration with Ryan Tannehill is that he always got a pass within the organization. And to your point, not ever having competition, that they basically just kept throwing him out there. The thing that you cannot question about Ryan Tannehill and and where I really like Kenyon Drake and Kenny Stills mm-hmm. coming out and defending him and, and sending him nice heartfelt messages after he left – the toughness the the professionalism and and I do think he got a, a little more comfortable w- with being the leader of this team as it went on but all of those things are separate from whether or not you're a good player. Yep. And and in this case, he's not. And and uh, by all accounts, a very good person, a true pro. I'd say being out there, you always knew he was going to take every question and answer it. In, in the most in, boring way possible. He, he, and many times, yes. Many times, yes. Most times, the yes. Only, the only bad thing I ever heard about him in terms of his
2: character, and I don't, I, I don't remember the exact details. Will, maybe you can fill me in. Wasn't there the issue when they were in London where he he made practice fun squad of a player, yeah he yeah. like he picked on a practice squad player and 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 that was actually the him defending himself. From that accusation, where people were saying he was being, I, I'm not bullying because that has a totally different connotation with the Dolphins, yeah. but kind of insulting a practice squad player yeah, about His, the
0: money he made over him. Yeah, oh, I'm missing. Oh, just be, I remember. Yeah, that. And, okay. and so okay. when yeah, yeah, Ta- yeah. when Tannehill de-
2: yeah. he kind of okay. came off jerky, you okay. know, like for that, you know, interesting. Okay, and, and so but when Tannehill defended himself against that, it was like the only time he ever said something when he yeah. spoke. He was really peeved. Yeah, and he really sort of, you know, exp- so. I, I, I,
1: I, the only thing that yeah. says
2: we really don't know him because he never, no, he never peeled
1: I, back the onion at all. No, no, no. But, but I think there has been enough. Enough defense from from people on his side of the ball in the locker room because you know the way these things are designed is you know the quarterbacks are going to spend the most time with the quarterbacks second most time with with their receivers and and running backs and you know largely a lot of times I mean the defense and, and offensive guys are not a, not a whole lot of time spent together until you get to the the uh, the scrimmage sessions and so I I just think it's unfortunate that it, it seems like. I, Feel free to insult the 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 play. I, I think certainly that was that was a big problem. What what kind of made me question a, a little bit of all of this was, you know. I, I think sometimes that bled over a little bit, and and I want to make sure there's a distinction there. Like if you're going to yeah, criticize it's not him, personal. No, it's not, I, I,
0: I no. I, look, if there's anyone to criticize, the reality is this: it is the Dolphins' front office and the right. coaching staffs, and the multiple multiple people that have been through this front office and staff. Over the last decade plus That the problem with the Dolphins Was before Ryan Tannehill The problem with the Dolphins Until they find the next quarterback Is going to be after Ryan Tannehill They need to find that quarterback They need to put people around that quarterback That's why one of the storylines Of the first week of free agency Is this whole logic that the Dolphins Have cleared a lot of cap space Mm -hmm. for. Not necessarily now They still have a lot of dead money And money that they owe on the cap But into 2020 A lot of uh, salary cap space That's great But if we learn it, the NFL is not the NBA. The NFL is not get as much salary cap room as you can, sign two big players and you're a star. It just doesn't work that way. We see it year in and year out. The teams that truly use free agency to success or the teams that already have established teams. The Rams, for instance, were very, 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 very focused on free agency over the last couple of years because they were ascending young team. They had a a low salary quarterback. They had, you know what I mean, a a a top draft pick. They were able to spend money on those spots to make them a true Super Bowl contender. Dolphins aren't in that position because they don't have that quarterback. So while the money is nice and it's great that they're clearing clearing space, none of that will matter if – Either Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, whoever in this draft, or more importantly, next year, whether it's Fromm, Herbert, or of course, Tua, is the Dolphins quarterback and they develop. None of this will matter.
2: Getting your money right has become a theme in sports. This wasn't something I think 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we used to talk about. I think it could be a product of analytics, it could be a product of fantasy sports where now everybody thinks they're a general manager. But it's funny how much knowledge people have of the financial structure of how teams operate. But the reality is that the Dolphins were not a well constructed team and they mm-hmm. spent money on positions that did not bring them value. And, you know, to go back to the Tannehill thing, it might hurt them in the short term financially a little bit to lose Tannehill. But long term, you can't put starting quarterback money into an average quarterback and mm-hmm. and before we talk about anything else and you know you mentioned the rams the reason the rams could do that is because they had their quarterback yeah that was it and like you said they had them on a rookie contract yep. even better so they had their quarterback and they had their quarterback cheap that's the time to go out and get the indomitian Sioux and spend all the big money but you know the dolphins have a history of sort of Kind of like what we talked about with the Marlins, where people thought when the Marlins had that great outfield of you know future MVPs and now actual MVPs, uh, where when the when Jeter's group came in, oh well, they just need to add one or two parts, and this this consistent. We're so close, we're so close. The Dolphins kind of did the same thing. They signed a lot of big free agents. They won a lot of off seasons. You know, big news conferences. There, there were the and, Washington Reds. And, yeah, cause. there were the Washington. I, I remember, I believe Sue had a news conference when he signed. He did. and did. And it was a big deal. And then after that, they stopped doing it because they wanted... They stopped having news conferences for their free agent signings. So it just became conference they calls. They didn't want to make everyone... Because they didn't want to make yeah. everyone think like it was a big deal and they didn't want the big... They kind of wanted those moves to, to move under the radar. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that's the direction they need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I I don't know if it was Greer or if it was Flores, but somebody in the Dolphins brass as they were making the changes said... Like, we don't necessarily want one good player for our football team, but if we can get three for the same value, Mm -hmm. give me three good players because we need to sort of fill up this roster with good players. And I I think that's the direction they're going. But in order to do that, before they can do anything, they had to erase the mistakes of the past. And in my opinion... This week, the Dolphins erased the biggest mistake of the last five years, which was Ryan Tannehill.
0: You know, and the thing, too, when you build a tank roster, when you've you got to fill 53 spots, regardless of if you're trying to win, trying to build, you got to have 53 players. And mm-hmm. the Dolphins have holes they have to fill. When the Dolphins fill these holes, the way they've done it so far in the offseason is inexpensive guys, mm-hmm. some former Patriots, which is not surprising given the background of Brian Flores, but I think guys that can be kind of leaders. Mm-hmm. And I was asked this week a couple times, You know, why do you care about leaders on a team that's supposed to stink? Because even on a team that's supposed to stink and on a team that's tanking, on a team that's thinking for the future, you have parts that are going to be part of that process. Whether it's Mike Kosicki, whether it's Kenyon Drake, whoever it may be, whether it's anyone on that team, you know, whether Xavier Howard is a guy that you build around for the future as as a cornerback, whether you decide you're going to sign him, the point is you need guys of character and high character. If you're Brian Flores and you're coming in and say, I am a high character guy. I want guys that want to, want to play hard and, and and love the game and play for the right reasons. You can't just go out and have tryouts at, over at Tamiami Park and pick out whoever you want to play defensive <laughs> linemen and to play offensive. you got to pick guys that you feel have that character. And they may not be the most talented players and they may not have $50 million contracts, but they bring some sort of culture to the locker room. And that's such an in vogue word in sports. I get it. But there is something to it, especially as a new head coach. you got to at least have that kind of energy in your locker room, whether you're going to win or not, to teach these young guys, in well, my opinion.
1: And that brings it full circle to the quarterback discussion again, where we're talking about guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor, and Teddy Bridgewater who who came in with those reputations as guys who are going to be leaders, guys of high character, and, and guys that even though they're not going to make major contributions to this team – Certainly not beyond 2020 at the very latest, but most likely not beyond 2019. They will be that first wave. They will be that that group that kind of sets the tone long term. And then it also goes back to what you're talking, what we were talking about earlier, as far as yeah, your your record might stink this year, but the number of players who are still going to be here need to have something to to carry over. That they, they don't just need to learn the playbooks. Yeah. They don't just need to learn the schemes. They don't just need to know uh, where the bathrooms are in the facility. Yeah. They need to know what is expected of them as as true pros, which which is what Brian Flores is trying to bring here. So, you know, it's it, it's kind of it's kind of this strange dichotomy here where a team, I agree with you, is going to get probably, in our opinion at least, an A to an A plus for how they handle the off season, and they're going to have a terrible season. And, because, and yeah, that's, yeah and, that's the way you rebuild; they start and, from scratch. Right. And 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 last thing with all this, I hope, and we've said this a bunch, but I hope Stephen Ross has the patience to stick with this thing. I think he's shown it. I agree. I agree. And here's, I agree. Here's to you.
0: you know why? Because look at what the Dolphins have done, kind of quietly. They're acquiring draft picks. The Tannehill trade, they got a fourth-round pick next year. Yes. They've been very careful in their signings as far as trying to lose any kind of compensation picks. Absolutely. Which they will get because of Jawan James and because of some of these signings and Cam Wake and these guys. So they've been very, very smart about what they're doing with picks because they know how— much of an asset it is to have these draft picks into this draft, more importantly into the 2020 draft, when you may, if you have the third pick and the first team has their quarterback locked in and you want Tua, and that first team says, okay, well, I want, you know, your first, next year's first, two seconds and a third, You've got that arsenal there to go ahead and say yes. Kim, I'll give you that, Jimmy Tua.
1: Nobody else is coveting twenty twenty draft picks right now in these these uh, this first wave of free agency trade period, where you're seeing guys being traded to different teams. You know, Antonio Brown being traded out to Oakland. I mean, everybody wants that first round pick. And the, the Giants getting a, a first round pick from Cleveland in this draft for Odell Beckham Jr., which they very well could use that to
0: move up to get their quarterback, sure, or get another position, whatever it may be.
1: The Dolphins are coveting twenty twenty draft picks. If that's not a tell for <laughs> where they're pointing uh, for when they want to draft their quarterback of the future, I don't know what is. 2-14 is going to be interesting, though, isn't it?
0: I mean, it's going to be interesting. You know what? But unlike the 1-15 year where they were just terrible and they didn't know it, I think this team is going to be terrible, and they know it, embrace it, and understand why they have to go through it. This is, I think, the first time in a long time where I feel the Dolphins have a true pulse and understanding of what they are. I think too often, to your point earlier, Duke, about the big free agent signings and making a splash and and Clay's point to the Washington Redskins-type offseason, too often they've tricked themselves the heat to fall into this formula. We talked about it a few years ago with the signings of Waiters and, and James Johnson. Trick themselves into thinking that maybe they're better than what they are. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking in the mirror and saying, "You know what? We're not good. We're not good. And the only way to get good is to shed." What we have here, start from scratch, get a fresh canvas, and build this the right way. And for the first time in a long time, I feel they're doing that. Speaking of uh, building the right way, our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. So let's end with this. Dolphins have the quarterback. Dolphins are going to be quiet in free agency, obviously. They've passed Wave A, Wave B of free agency with all the money, and they haven't spent it. So it's pretty clear that there really isn't anywhere to spend big money. They're going to be very careful with their draft picks and assets for the future. They seem to have their plan going. So I ask you both as we finish, that plan should include what in this draft? What should be the Miami Dolphins focused into this draft?
1: It's best player available, but I I think in this draft, that is almost certainly going to be defensive line, uh, potentially offensive line as as the draft goes on. Build the lines,
0: isn't it? I, I, Absolutely, that be my trenches. Line, build the lines. Trenches. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And, and I think fortunately. The way this draft is set up, that's exactly how it's going to play out. You've got a, a really top-heavy draft, um, especially a defensive line. Now, there's,
0: like, there's like 12 or 13 really good defensive players that are going to ab- go the first round.
1: Absolutely. what Jonah Williams uh, from, from Alabama, the, the, the offensive lineman, is another one that a lot of people are pointing to at, at 13. So it's not just what you're going to do with your first-round pick, although... You know clearly that's what everybody's going to focus on. The rest of this draft is going to be vital moving forward because these are the guys that are going to help instill that culture that we talk about so mm-hmm. much—that professionalism. They're going to learn from it. There may be no other group of Miami Dolphins that that learns from a Dwayne Allen as as far as you know when you've got your offensive line and tight end groupings out there together. You know it, that's that's kind of what you're hoping to do with this group is not just get those guys that that are, are athletically uh, superior to what you've had in the past, but also guys that are going to come in and learn the new Brian Flores Dolphins way, and, and that's that's going to be vital this year. So imagine your house burns down, right?
0: Thanks, Doogie.
2: And someone um, asks you, so...
0: Imagine your house burns down. That's the way he starts a football
2: analogy. Imagine your house burns down, and now you got to rebuild your house. So what do you want first? You want a bed... You want a kitchen you want a living room to me they just need a lot of stuff they need everything i mean their position of need is football player i mean sure the trenches are good
0: well quarter, the, the, you're uh, not going to get wide receivers right, now. right you gonna probably get... you
2: probably won't get wide receivers now that you've locked in Devonte parker for a year and he's obviously going to go to the hall of fame he's going to figure it all out this year um so i, I, I honestly don't they need everything. So, I mean, best player available is fine. It's not, it's Trenches are fine. Cornerbacks yeah. are fine. Tight ends are fine. I mean, I, I, oh, I know oh, that. Ends. No, they, they have five, not,
0: they have five tight ends. They have five of them.
2: None of them are any good. So, I, I think. I think anything. I mean, anything. To me,
0: the lines are important. I think except I think
2: if, except quarterback. Unless if if you really want Tua, then. You know, unless unless you you know i don't even look, mind quarterback
0: if, if haskins Whatever. drops again Haskins could fall at seven eight range and you say you know i got to jump in there i've got an opportunity and you want to use assets sure if you believe it is that he is the guy to build around but i think going to the lines is a look it may be the most boring pick in the world a potential two and 14 tanking team taking some offensive lineman in the first round at the 13th pick sounds deadly boring but you know what that's the kind of stuff that builds winners. That's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that you build around, so that when you do get a Tua, when you do get a front, when you do get a Herbert, he's upright. Because if you could say one thing <laughs> about Ryan Tannehill's career that he never was early in his career was standing. No, and
2: that, and you know what? That just to be fair to Tannehill, because I crushed him a little bit, his first two seasons were record breaking. How horrible his six, offensive six, line six, was. Times. That was the amazing thing about Tannehill is that early in his career, when he was getting crushed, he never missed a he game. Was durable. And then all of a sudden, he you know the, the, he's finally playing well enough to trick some people. Basically, Ryan Tannehill had like one game against Arizona, which was his like thirty and eleven, where everybody thought all of a sudden he was good. And of course, he got hurt in the middle of it. And then he then he wouldn't wait, and then he got hurt in training camp. Then he missed a year. So it's just it's just funny to me that when Tannehill was getting crushed, he was healthy, and then all of a sudden he was well, fine to, and he was hurt.
0: To your bad analogies, I mean, he was like it's like anything like a, a tire. You know, early on, it could take the wear and tear. Eventually, it starts ripping apart. It's true. And you can't take it. And It's and, and, a fantastic analogy. What are you talking about? Well, you uh, know, that's beautifully done. That's, that's what he was in his career. And look, he gets a chance in Tennessee. I'm happy for him. But more than anything for Dolphin fans to listen, you should be happy with the way this offseason has gone. NFL Draft, believe it or not, just about a month away, a little bit over a month from now in Nashville. The Dolphins hold the 13th pick for now. And they've got a lot of good things working this offseason so far. So good. All right, that is your Miami Sports Podcast. We appreciate you listening. Next week we'll probably delve, I would assume, into maybe some heat talk, uh, given that it will be the final stretch of the heat in the playoff race and whatever else is going on in South Florida sports. Thanks for listening to the Miami Sports Pod.